Hey, Dan. How's it going? Hey, everybody, man. How's it going? How are you? Good, good. And how are you guys? I hope you're having a lot of fun as we are kicking off your spring, basically. is all basically here, although it's not so warm here in uh, pretty, Toronto, Canada. Not in Toronto or Moscow. <laughs> pretty, pretty, I'm pretty sure. Like, what's, what's the temperature in Toronto? Right now, let me check, actually. Oh, it's minus three. <laughs> I thought it's warmer. <laughs> well, I've got some good news for you, buddy, because now in Moscow today, actually, it's pretty good. It's sunny and it's plus seven. So nice. one for Moscow, yeah. zero for Toronto. Well, Sorry about fair that, point. Buddy. Fair point. Well, yesterday it was exactly like around seven or eight, but I actually got surprised Sorry, seeing there in the three. Now. We yeah. already made the calls. Fair buddy. point. All right, <laughs> I, I I concede. That's nice <laughs> right. Um, cool. Okay, so today we are gonna talk about something a little bit different. I mean, in a sense, and that is the types of relationship and specifics. Um, a monogamy, so monogamous relationship, uh, or a polyogamy, um, which are, I have become more interested in these subjects, not in a sense of whether I want to be monogamous or polyogamous, it, more so that, uh, that I considered um, for the past few years that there is something but monogamy, <laughs> um, which was, which was, um, which was interesting because, I mean, at a distant distance, I've been hearing about them, but I didn't really take them seriously. Now I am taking it more seriously. I I'm not really educated on the subject. I am just beginning, so we're gonna do that right now. A beginner's course <laughs> in learning wow. different types of relationships. On monogamy, I love that. You <laughs> never find a beginner's course on anything <laughs> that ends with gimme. I'm telling you, like, no gimme's are going to be like in any course whatsoever. So I'm pretty happy about that. I want to talk about monogamy and polygamy as the starting course. Pretty good. Yeah, we got to do it. You know, we got to talk about stuff. Uh, there are ideas That's out right. there, and I. And you know me, I'm interested in talking about different types of ideas. It doesn't mean they're good. It doesn't mean they're bad. We're just going to talk about them. And that's what Fantastic. we're doing today. All right. No so so what is your personal experience with these? So when have you... So, I mean, obviously, so this is, again, my assumption, but I feel like we we first become familiar, not just with the word, but with the concept of monogamy or monogamous relationships, because it's just all around them, around us, probably our parents were in a monogamous relationship, more, more likely than not. So, I'm assuming you got introduced to that type of... Uh, of idea of an, an a relationship first, That's would that right. be a fair says like would that be a fair guess? Is that is that how it happened? Well, I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's a fair guess because monogamy right. is the you know the latest addition to the way we conduct relationships throughout right, right, you know, right. human history. 2. So 0. obviously you're definitely right about this matter, and of course we both have had the experience of having right. loving relationships, so mm. we definitely have had this experience. I do agree with you. All right, fair point. Uh, so now the question is: so I, I gave a super brief explanation of me becoming um, interested in these things lately, but what was your story? And probably a little bit in depth. How did you hear? When did you hear about um, the fact that you don't have... Oh, by the way, let's actually define these things for the people. Exactly. I, that was I doubt point. it, but... I, I feel yeah. like it's best to first yeah. start off by defining uh, three common terminologies that are basically sure. around, around the subject. And these three terminologies are one, monogamy, two, polygamy, and number three, polyamory. These are all a little bit different, and sometimes people tend to confuse uh, being polyamorous with being po polygamous because these are actually quite different. 
So let's uh, start off with uh, the easiest of all, which is uh, the most uh, traditional form of relationships, and that is monogamy. So monogamy basically states that two people uh, basically are in a relationship, and we're talking about like uh, typical standard relationships. Uh, we are not talking about, for example, like homosexual relationships, which are a different topic altogether. We're talking about standard heterosexual relationships between a man and a woman where they decide to actually have a relationship together. And this is uh, going to be done by one condition. And the condition requires both sides to actually commit to what we call sexual exclusivity. Now, what is that? Sexual exclusivity is simply about you being sexually exclusive to your partner, that is your romantic and sexual life, is basically entirely intertwined with one person, and that is your partner, and you expect the exact same from the other sides. This means that I will only be with you uh, on a romantic and sexual level, and I expect you to do the exact same thing. This is uh, basically monogamy, which is the foundation for all, basically all relationships, marriage, and so on and so forth. Then we have what we call polygamy, which is a practice that is still being used in some parts of the world, mainly in the, in the Middle East, especially among the Arab nations. Although personally, since I have some contacts and business interest in uh, two countries in uh, the Middle East, which uh, the Arab speaking countries, that is, which are Kuwait and Emirates, based upon my understanding, that concept is actually dying out. So the young generation in uh, basically in, uh, in the streets of, let's say, Dubai or, for example, Kuwait, these people do not actually like to uh, pursue polygamy like their fathers and grandfathers. Now, polygamy simply means that there is a relationship where the women are exclusively uh, basically uh, uh, somehow involved in a relationship with one man. However, that man has access to multiple women. So this means that the man can choose any woman he wants and any number of women basically that he wants, but the women are basically his wives, which means they have to be in an exclusive relationship only with him. And this is called polygamy. And finally, we have polyamory or what we call open relationships, which is a new addition to the type of relationship that we have, especially in the West, particularly in uh, countries like Scandinavian countries like Sweden, Denmark, and Finland. It's now quite popular in the United States. I'm pretty sure Canada is not far behind either. So generally in the Western world, the new terminology is called uh, polyamory or open relationships, easy relationships. These are what we call casual relationships also sometimes with one major difference between uh, basically polyamory and other types of casual encounters because a casual sexual encounter does not count as a relationship because polyamory comes from poly, uh, which means multiple in Latin, and uh, amory, which comes from the word de l'amour in French, which means love. And this means multiple love. Now, the word love implies uh, feelings, emotions, and care. So the terminology polyamory does not mean that you simply go around and screw everything that moves and you just sleep with every single girl or boy. That's not polyamory. That's simply called being promiscuous and being sexually somehow extravagant. Polyamory, rather, implies being in relationships with the people that you care about and know very well, albeit you are not exclusive, and both sides know about this. So understand this. Maybe you're a guy who have a couple of girlfriends, and your girlfriends don't know that you have a lot of girlfriends. That's not polyamory. That's cheating, because you have told these people that you are in a monogamous relationship with them, but you're not. So that's called cheating. And cheating basically means you violate the promise that you made to your partner. So if you are 
that if you're somehow in a relationship that is supposed to be monogamous and you are seeing multiple people, obviously you're cheating. So polyamory is not cheating. Polyamory is when both sides know about this in advance, the man or the woman, they talk about this matter. They say, OK, so we are not exclusively involved together. I have other partners. And even sometimes they even uh, share the names and like photos of their other partners. So this is actually called polyamory. So these are the three major topics we've uh, this defined so far. And we also define cheating as anything that violates the agreement. So, for example, if someone tells a girl that he wants a polyamorous relationship with her, but secretly he actually wants to marry her, that's also cheating because he's not being quite honest with a girl about his intentions. So basically, these three are the way we conduct relationships, and these three are quite different. We're not today going to talk about uh, sexual encounters that are casual. We're not talking about promiscuity. We're just talking about three types of relationships. These are like relationships. They're not just mere encounters. Perfect. And I do apologize. Uh, as I told you, I'm a beginner. I did pronounce. So when I said polyagamy, I meant polyamory. <laughs> uh, That's right. I think you meant polyamory. That's right. Yeah. That's the third time. Just, I just want to clarify what I meant by that. Anyways, so <clears throat> apologies. Um, so, so yeah, that was super well-defined, but better than ever I could say such a thing. I couldn't. Um, and it, so now some people might be like, what the fuck is that shit? I'm, I'm not comfortable with that. And I mean, so let me tell you a little bit of a backstory on how uh, it came to me. I mean, again, oh, I, boy. I would love to um, hear. <laughs> I would no, love to hear, man. Let me, let me grab my popcorn. Uh, Hold on, Skip. Let me grab my popcorn. Right. It's not. It's not that exciting. I, I, All right, so I'm sorry. Got, got the catcher. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll try. Anyways, so again, these topics would pop out. Wouldn't pay much attention to them because I, I mean, I wouldn't take them seriously, basically. And at some point, one of my very good friends, who is, uh, who I trust a lot, and I, I, I listen to. I think he's a great person. Uh, actually, Lars, he was on the podcast too. We had That's a podcast. Right. Um, so the German guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, not yeah, right. Yeah, very nice. So guy. we had two very German nice people, not not Marvin, but Lars. Marvin and Lars. Yeah, That's yeah. Right. I know both yeah. of them actually. Good yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. Anyways, so. So Lars, Lars came to me, and um, he he just got, uh, came from um, what do you call it, Burning Man, uh, which some some of you might be uh, familiar with. I'm not going to go into details. We have an episode. Just go Google, uh, just go search it. You'll find it. Uh, and, and he talks about a little bit. Talk about that. And he talks about other stuff too. Um, By the way, please name the episode so our listeners can find it. What is that uh, name of the episode? It's. Uh, Okay, I'll, I'll I'll announce it in a minute. Let me. I'm, Fantastic, I'm find it. Bravo! So but, it's a great, great episode where uh, basically uh, Pujix interviews Lars in depth. Highly yeah. recommended. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely great. Uh, we talk about good stuff. Um, so what what he mentioned, he he came. So this was last year, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So actually, like say eight, nine months ago, thereabouts. Anyway, so he talks about this uh, thing. Uh, by the way, okay. The episode of the the name of the episode is "From Burning Man to Humanity's Rim: A Conversation with Lars Nolden." Is the name of the episode. Awesome. Yeah. It's now available on basically uh, uh, iTunes, yep. Google Play, as well as Podbean. You can go check it yep. out. Yeah, um, definitely do. And so, yeah, he he came up with that, and he was like, "Yeah, I met a lot of interesting people. They were having different ideas." So he came up with. Uh, three life goals that he came for uh, came up uh, for himself um, after the after the fact, and 
this was not part and one of them that I want to become polyamory. <laughs> but right. he did mention relationship and all that. And then he was like, yep, I met so many interesting people, some of them much, much older than me, etc. And then he brought up this idea to me. And he was like, yep, there, are, there is such a thing. I was like, yeah, but I never th took it seriously. He was like, no, some people are genuinely serious and they're genuinely advocating for it. And they're saying, oh, no, it's amazing. Um, so we talked a little about it, and I was like, "Yeah, hmm, interesting. I don't, I don't know if I want to do that or I can do that, etc." Et and then later on, um, it became apparent to me more so, more and more, because I had this deep, deep conversation with Lars that it, it keeps popping up here and there, and I got more and more interested in it. So I, I started reading about it a little, listening to some um, um, talks and lectures. And it seems it seems viable, um, though I gotta say you gotta do it right. It's not for everybody. Now I want to hear your input and your. Uh, so if possible, I want to hear what was your first encounter because I feel like these are interesting encounters because Everybody, I have no me, more. You don't want to know about my first encounter. It was a quickie. <laughs> okay, and you don't want to know about it. But anyways, <laughs> what I can tell you right now is this: I personally have had the experience of having both, uh, basically all three types of relationships uh, throughout my life. And of course, when I was younger, obviously, as most teenagers uh, basically would tell you, you tend to be a little bit more on the casual side. I mean, it's just normal. The hormones are just way out of control and you are just looking for whatever, basically, basically adventure you can have. So I personally have had the experience with all three types of relationships. I have had polyamorous relationships where both sides knew about uh, basically, the fact that we are no longer exclusive. I've also been involved uh, for a very short period of time, actually, with polygamy. And, of course, uh, for the time being, as of now, actually, I prefer to be monogamous uh, because that's what I've personally decided to do recently. And I will explain why that happened. Because ultimately, uh, when it comes to uh, your, basically, lifestyle as well as uh, how you feel, generally speaking, everything in life is I really believe that you should try almost everything that is uh, legal and uh, that does not harm your health at least once in your life. Uh, so of course, I'm not here like advocating things that are harmful or illegal. I don't know, like drug abuse or reckless driving. I believe that anything that is legal and that is not going to harm your health, you should try it at least once in your life to understand what it is. Now, having said that, I believe that uh, my first encounter with casual relationships was like most teenagers rather awkward and uh, without much planning. Fortunately, no, no major incident occurred during my teen years as I was engaged with, let's say, uh, pursuing uh, casual encounters with, uh, for example, the girls. And as I entered basically uh, the adult life, I gradually moved towards uh, polyamory where I actually wanted to have a relationship because let's be honest, the fact of the matter is that uh, you can only enjoy having one night stands for so long before it gets boring. I mean, Anyone who's okay. ever been, quote unquote, a bad boy would tell you that nothing somehow gets so dried out and so boring more than an attempt to have one night stands after one night stands. Because, of course, if you haven't had these experiences before, obviously, you definitely I believe that if you're young and you're single, why not give it a shot? But generally, I personally believe that after a while, after a few such experiences, Eventually, you start to ask yourself deeper questions about life, about love, and about relationships. 
And I think that's when you start asking yourself, so what do I want? And for me personally, as I went through the experience, I then decided to actually get serious about my values and know what they are. And uh, for me personally, things like, uh, for example, deep communication, as well as growth and constant development is some of the things that I value very much. Now, a relationship, from my perspective, is like a live organism. That is, it evolves, it grows like a baby, like uh, whatever live organism, even like a pet. So it actually changes. It is under, under constant, uh, basically, influence by both sides, and it's a very interesting thing. So for that reason, after a while, as I grew, basically, and became a slightly more mature, I'm not sure if I am mature enough right now, of course, but at least I can try to uh, aim for maturity. I realized that what I prefer slightly more than just having open relationships is to actually have something serious. Now, let's be honest. The male brain is not designed for monogamy. Anybody knows that? And, and, and any scientific literature would tell you that the male brain is uh, not monogamous by nature and it's designed to actually infiltrate as well as impregnate as many women as possible. That's like the evolutionary programming that we have on a DNA level. However, I don't know about you, but like think of like, I don't know, sugar, right? Yep. So we are designed to, I mean, uh, anything sweet is extremely attractive to us. And, uh, and the reason for that is very simple because in our evolutionary history, we did not have a very you know, a solid lifestyle. And having access to anything sweet would have been like very rare. And whenever, whenever we had this chance, we had to like somehow indulge that need. So for that reason, we somehow, when we uh, have things like chocolate or sweets, we're just so inclined to have more and more. It goes with almost everything in life, whether it's like uh, fatty food, which allows us to save fat and survive longer, or many other things. So human biology, from my perspective, as mentioned by uh, many uh, of my mentors, we are not by DNA designed for happiness. By DNA, we humans are designed for survival and reproduction. That is, we are literally, if you look at a, a human basically beginning on a, on a very molecular level, and uh, basically you realize that the human DNA is basically designed for two things, survive and replicate, like nothing else. So it is certainly not designed for happiness. It is not designed for experiencing the state of being alive or being fulfilled or being in a state of flow, which we talked earlier in one of our podcasts about the state of flow. So the human DNA is not designed for happiness. And that's where the issue comes in. Because for me personally, as you know, I've been studying the subjects of success and happiness for almost a decade now. And at that point, I asked myself, so Dan, uh, what is the right way to experience a higher level of flow in your basically encounters with others, especially with the opposite gender? And that's when I realized that I actually prefer to have a monogamous relationship with one partner because that exclusivity brings about a lot of other things that almost uh, somehow we cannot get anywhere else. Think about intimacy, think about full trust. And if you, even if you look at the, you know, the concept of sexuality from a medical perspective, I was talking to one of my students, uh, she's a surgeon and she's also a medical professional. So she was telling me that with every additional sexual encounter, you are, I don't know, doubling or tripling your chances of STDs, that is sexually transmitted diseases, wow. or also nowadays it's called STIs, sexual transmitted infections or uh, something like this. So generally, uh, I personally believe that if you look at this from a psychological perspective, our need for growth, need for intimacy, and our need for somehow becoming somehow involved in something that grows over time, 
as well as the biological factors, the health factors and the hygiene factors, which implies that the fewer sexual partners we have, the healthier basically that thing is and the longer we live and the fewer STIs or STDs we will actually uh, somehow have problems with. So when you put it all together, then I told myself, no problem. I think I, it's much better to actually go for monogamy. However, with all of that being said, uh, we had this discussion actually uh, the other day with one of my uh, Russian basically friends. And uh, uh, she said that I don't believe there is such a thing as friendship between men and women. And I told her that I do believe that it's actually possible. So while I do support monogamy, I am against uh, couples putting borders and fences around each other and say, OK, you only talk to me and only to me. So I believe that well, trust is an important factor in monogamous relationships. So you want to have a monogamous relationship with trust that allows both sides to still communicate with the other members of the opposite gender if they so desire with full trust, knowing that it doesn't matter how much time we spend with other basically people, we still love each other and we're still together and we're still in a monogamous relationship. So that was basically my personal story that I have discovered so far. And I uh, would like to actually share more with you uh, in the basically coming minutes of our podcast. Yeah, for sure. That was, um, that was a lot of interesting um, uh, material covered. Um, so, so that's one of the things that people on the polyamory side were talking about the notion that, so first of all, why is not, the relation from your friend's point of view, why would not a friendship between a guy, if it were literally friendship, be possible? I mean, I it seems to me, I don't know her, I don't want to judge anybody or anything. It just seems to me that this comes from um, a position of uh, jealousy that somebody might have. She Probably. might have been, you know, uh, dealing with guys who have cheated on her or something like that. And this is, you know, obviously it's going to bother you. And you're like, yep, any any person that I know, yeah, they, they can't not think of women as, as sexual objects uh, in terms of guys. Um, so so I, I get it, but I don't think it's necessarily healthy. So uh, again, I'm trying to play devil's advocate. I have no uh, horse in this game right now. Um, That's right. So, so the polyamory people will tell you that, you know what, we don't get jealous or, or at least they, they like to claim, or at least that's the agenda here on the table. And that's why I like initially said, um, again, polyamory people will tell you that it's not for everybody. You got to have exactly. a certain, yep. You got to have a certain emotional intelligence toolkit to be able to deal with these things. First of all, you don't have to be jealous or at least not severely, then the less is manageable. Anyway, so this is, this is on their side and that, that was interesting. So to me though, um, when I, when I was trying to stomach it, I was like, you know what, if I really like somebody, like you said, I want to devote and dedicate a lot of time that I have, uh, extra to my work or, or uh, hobbies or, or whatever to share with, with that one person because you really care about her, right? So that, that, that should be the idea. And again, devil's advocate, well, not devil's, polyamorous advocate. Um, well, but you get to do that at the same time, spend some time with other people. So th let me be clear, by the way. So the, the type that got me, okay, this makes sense in polyamory was that you have one main partner as in monogamy, but then every now and again, you have other encounters with some other uh, people, each of you, the girl right. and the boy. Um, back to the story. And I was like, you know what? There's one fundamental problem here. Let's say you have 10 hours 
per week, say, that you're spending with your partner, like exclusively with your partner. Um, now, if if I'm in a polyamory with my one main partner, now I'm spending nine hours with her, one hour with somebody else. So it, it diminishes that. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying if I really uh, am into someone, I want to spend more time with them as much as I can, as much as uh, the life allows, etc. So this was my struggle a bit. Um, though I try to keep an open mind and I try to listen more and learn more. Though I think it is very much possible for some people, um, but I think it really depends on the people. So what do you think on that? Is it possible for anybody or an everybody, the polyamory, or is it uh, aimed at a certain people, certain groups of people with certain aptitudes and toolkits? Of course, of course, as you yourself know, uh, think like marriage, for example, right? Uh, I don't think there's any such thing. One of the key principles in NLP, neurolinguistic programming, is that there are no such things as universal solutions. There are universal principles or laws, but never universal solutions, because each individual solution is oftentimes different than the others. And if you look at marriage, for example, right now in the U.S. at least, uh, I'm going to talk about this, this in the United States. So in the U.S., almost half of marriages end in divorce. And unfortunately, at some point, three-fourths, that is 75% of the couples, admit to have cheated on one another. So if you look at just the statistics right here, you can understand that, no, not everything is for everyone. So just like marriage is not something that can actually work with everyone, the same thing applies to polyamory or polygamy. So for that reason, uh, I agree with you completely. I do not believe that polyamory is for everyone because, let's be honest, uh, some people really all they care about is to for example just be in a sexual relationship and they don't really care so much about the emotional details on the other hand we have those who are heavily uh, emotionally dependent on their partners you can say to this guy all right no problem so you're now in a polygamous relationship or you're now in a polyamorous relationship and now you're going to see your for example uh girlfriend uh, getting banged by some other guy so this is definitely not acceptable for such a man all right so because of that I don't believe that polyamory is for everyone. I don't even believe that polyamory is for the majority of people because, let's be honest, the concept, first of all, is very new. And uh, I believe that it, uh, there are also a lot of cultural factors. So if you think about, for example, polyamory, uh, we have still a lot of uh, very traditional uh, cultures around the world that value uh, many things that have been uh, somehow proposed for centuries. And because of that, I don't believe that polyamory is, first of all, for every nation, nor do I believe that it's actually for everyone in those nations that it's currently being practiced. So for that reason, I believe that it should be used only for the type of people who perhaps, as you mentioned yourself, have certain emotional, uh, basically, uh, makeup that allows them to see relationships as nothing more than friendship plus sex. And maybe that's for them. Very good. I personally do not like this approach to relationships because I do believe that emotions do matter. And I highly value the state that we get from our relationships because every relationship is a source of what we call an NLP state. It allows right. you to boost your, like when you, for example, call someone that you love, because one of my friends actually fell in love uh, last year with uh, basically his partner. And he was describing for me a lot of things. He said like, and he, by the way, was a, a quote unquote bad boy. And he met this girl and he actually fell in love with her. And he was telling me, Dan, uh, one minute with her is better than like all the other girls I've ever had before. And like uh, uh, our intimate moments are so much more valuable and they're quite different than what I experienced before. So when you think of it that way and you think of the emotional value that comes from deep relationships that are heavily loving and caring, 
then obviously there are many people who can benefit from this. But understand this, that also just like polyamory isn't for everyone, monogamy isn't also for everyone, marriage isn't for everyone. We all have to ask ourselves, what are our desires? What are our values in life? What do we want to have? And then make a plan accordingly. For some of us, marriage is indeed the best option. It will always be. For the others, marriage might not be the right approach. Perhaps we should try to be in, uh, let's say, monogamous uh, relationships as boyfriends and girlfriends without ever going for marriage because of, for example, the emotional makeup. For some people, relationships is just not for them. Maybe they are extremely left-brain type of people who are very logical and perhaps they don't even need a relationship. They just need someone to talk to and perhaps spend some time with. In that case, perhaps you can actually opt for the other options. But ultimately, as you said yourself, this is a very personal subject and it must be answered based upon the inclinations, desires, and values of the person who would actually like to choose what type of relationship is best for him or her. Fair point. And I think... Now that you said that, I think if anything, if one thing I take out of this conversation today, um, that would be the fact that we just need to open our mind to different possibilities and Excellent. realize that, as you said, not everybody has the same wirings. You, you might be doing flourishing amazingly in polyamory, but you might be flourishing amazingly in monogamy and that's the point like you gotta figure out who you are and what you're going to do and i really like what you early on said that if it's not harmful to you or anybody if it's not illegal do it experience it um and and learn because there is a degree that we uh, uh, there are types of things and degree of learning that you get out of reading or listening to lectures or whatever there is a whole different ballgame of learning when it comes to actually experiencing your uh, whatever that is that you want to learn. So, for example, if you if you if you want to play soccer, and I tell you read this book, you're going to become Ronaldo. That's not going to happen. You got to actually touch the ball. Exactly. <laughs> so, so otherwise, this ball we ring mean their football here. Definitely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, don't don't touch that ball. <laughs> no, no monogamy ball here. We're just talking about football. <laughs> exactly right um by the way funny concept why is american football called football while while they're holding it with hands and then yeah, that's exactly say, <laughs> one of the biggest mysterious problems and we call soccer soccer it's pretty weird, I know. Anyways, but just, let's be honest in football we do have a part where we do fair point. Uh, use our legs yep. so it's not always with hands we do right. use our foot in yep. some parts of football but for the most part, yes, you're right. It's with the hands. Yeah, but but the poster child is the guy holding the ball, uh, the ball in his arms and running for his life. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> Anyways, okay. <laughs> uh, that was a, a, a tangent here. I don't want to get carried away. I actually lost my train of thought. But then the, the gist of it is that you want to experience things. You want to learn, and you want to, and we want to keep an open mind. So maybe I would, maybe two years ago, if you would ask, if you would tell me. Yep, I'm in a polyamorous relationship. Maybe I would judge you. <laughs> I'm not too sure I wouldn't. So, so maybe we need not to judge people as hardly as I do, as we do as a society these days. Again, you're right. There are different cultures, there are different aptitudes, there are different countries, there are different uh, norms. I'm mainly, obviously, talking about the Western culture, um, particularly in United States, Canada, as you mentioned. And um, so, maybe we need to a little bit loose, uh, loosen up. I learned there are different types of things, and some of them are good for some people, some of them aren't. Uh, simple as that. Um, now, 
do you have any other uh, final, you know, comments or, or thoughts? Well, obviously, as we mentioned today, we have to look deeply inside of ourselves and find out what do we want from uh, our relationships? What is our goal? I really believe that, as we've mentioned again and again throughout this podcast, we have to be goal-oriented. We have to know what we want, where we are going, and what is our target in life. And once we know that, then it becomes a lot easier to make decisions. And decisions that we make regarding our relationships are perhaps the most important and consequential decisions that we've ever made, basically are going to make in our lives because as is proven basically uh, throughout various psychological research, ultimately relationships are the most important and the heaviest components of our lives. So if you right now remove all of your relationships, all just imagine, I mean, there's a great uh, part in one of my most favorite movies of all time, which I am a fanatic about called Up in the Air. And there's a great part in that movie where uh, this movie, by the way, uh, it stars George Clooney. And there's a great part where uh, the, ma the main protagonist talks about relationships. And he says, put all of your relationships, put them in a luggage and just burn that and just see what happens. When you think about this, if you take away all of your relationships from your life, first of all, your life loses a tremendous amount of meaning. And secondly, it feels a lot emptier which means that relationships perhaps are the most important and the heaviest components of your lives. And for that reason, you got to make the good decisions. You should know exactly who you are. And more importantly, you sh from my perspective, because uh, I'm not a fan of just jumping right away into monogamy and just marrying the first girl you see and that's it. Because let's be honest, when we are younger especially, we need to experiment. We need to see things and understand who we like. I mean, I'm, I don't know about you, basically, Pujix, but I'm pretty sure you had similar experience where uh, when you were, let's say, 17 or 18 or 19, right. you did not really know what kind of girl you wanted to marry and be with. Oh, no, I had, you, I, I had no clue. You actually knew that, right? Yeah. And the thing is this, I personally did, did not know that. And I had to experience different relationships until I realized, oh, well, this is what I like, this is what I dislike, and this is what I appreciate in a woman, this is what I don't appreciate, so... Once I find a person that has more of what I like in a woman based on my last experience and less of what I don't, then right. I know that that's a good match. Because ultimately, choosing a life partner, let's say you want to talk about marriage, for example, yeah. it's one of the most critical decisions of your life. And if you make a wrong decision, it'll be very difficult. I mean, just right now, yep. think about the divorce of Jeff uh, Bezos. I mean, right. just, uh, earlier you talked about Amazon. I just ordered some books on Amazon and I was, I was really satisfied by the, you know, a fantastic job. So Amazon now is one of the largest companies in the world. Its founder, Jeff Bezos, is the wealthiest man alive with a net worth exceeding of $140 billion. Yeah. And guess what? He wants to get a divorce after 25 years of marriage. And guess what? How, how much do you think that divorce will cost him? $70 billion. <laughs> This is a mistake that has to be you know, corrected earlier on. Why did you marry a woman that you did not fully understand who she is? What's her background? Are you really basically a good match? So a lot of these mistakes can be corrected early on if we, first of all, have enough experience before marriage to know what kind of behaviors we like and we don't. And more importantly, to have the experience to try a, a lot of these things, because trust me, I think... After a while, things might get really boring if you are, for example, not in a loving relationship. 
that's when getting into a relationship might actually change things for the better. Mm-hmm. To do that, obviously, we need a lot of experience. So I'm encouraging the younger generation to actually think about this matter. So yes, you might fall in love right now and think like you found the love of your life and you'll be married and then you'll be divorced two years later. That's not very good. So before jumping in, I recommend you guys to actually try to know who you are and uh, through some experience, realize what types of behavior and personality in a woman do you like? And then only then make a good decision for your future. And for that, of course, you will definitely require to have a lot of experience. So this is why I believe that you must have experience before you actually go for serious relationships or for marriage. You couldn't be more right about my case because the kind of person that I thought I like at the time is not even in the top 10. Exactly. This is because (laughs) you have the experience because you have seen it. You have seen different behaviors. And now you know which one, this one really like, for for example, for myself, I really enjoy uh, talking about, for example, uh, books and talking about interesting subjects with my partner. Many girls don't like to talk about, for example, uh, you know, esoteric stuff or self shit, I call them. (laughs) <laughs> These things, or cool shit as you put it, right? But I, personally, I could have never understood it until I, for example, found someone that I could talk to about these subjects. So these are the things that you have to consider. And if you put them all together, you realize that uh, by having the experience, you will know that oftentimes your earlier uh, assumptions about what is a good girlfriend or wife or what's a good uh, husband or boyfriend is actually wrong. And through experience, you can know what kind of partner you want to have, whether you're a boy or a girl. Yeah, and we do change, like specifically with the teenage ages, we do change a lot from exactly. that. Like that's that's the point of chaos, and then you start converging on a on a person. So, so you, you don't fucking know. Like, exa- like I have the same taste as you do. I like to talk about cool shit with my partners, and I find that one of the most satisfying parts of it. Um, so, uh, but but at the time at when i was 17 or 18 i didn't know any cool shit or i wasn't reading as many books as i am today so i i, I didn't even know i like to do this because i didn't <laughs> so you That's you right. we changed too like um and we got um and uh, experience our changes experience our lives i couldn't agree with you more that's, that's a perfect um a conclusion to our talk here because we are running out of time Damn it. All right. And there, there's a good discussion to be had on on marriage and sustainable relationships and mainly monogamous we're talking here now. So we can have that on another, on another episodes um, soon, hopefully. We'll see. And um, any, any anything uh, to sum it up? Well, overall, it was a very great episode. We talked about different types of relationships. We explained what is polygamy, what is polyamory, and what is basically monogamy. And we also talked about why it is important for us to first discover who we are, what our values are, and know what exactly we find interesting in the opposite gender. And as we both put it out, we can never understand what we like in our partner unless we actually have the experience of dating basically a few partners to realize which one actually is what we like, which is why it's important if you're younger, it's much better to actually explore your options. And I'm so much against early marriage that you cannot even begin this process. I sometimes see people as young as 20 or 19 are getting married in the 21st century. Please guys, get a life. You are not at an age. Because unfortunately, it's a fact, let's be honest, 
the level of maturity of the younger generation is much less than it was, even though the younger generation are now bombarded with information every single day. In terms of maturity and life responsibilities, most young generations don't have a clue, which is why I recommend basically the younger generation who are now listening to us to actually explore their options, to do get involved in basically friendships or multiple relationships at the earliest stage of their lives to know what type of uh, basically partner they find appealing. And only then it's best actually later on to actually go towards monogamy because once you find the right partner and then you commit to a monogamous relationship, I do believe that there's going to be a lot of growth and uh, a lot of success and happiness will be the result of that. They say behind every successful man, there is a woman. And some men would say there, is, there are multiple women, but it really <laughs> depends on who you are, really. It depends on who you are. But the fact of the matter is that whether you are a girl or, or a boy, your relationship with your partner becomes a great source of motivation, a great source of drive. I know a lot of basically, uh, starting to use the term, losers who after getting married, their lives changed completely. They became a lot more mature. They're, they started earning a lot more money and they actually started accumulating a lot of things. But before that, they did not. So that's why I'm, uh, I believe that this is uh, this really depends on the person. Some people really need those uh, responsibilities created by marriage to become somebody. And without it, they will be nobody. So to those people, I say you definitely want to tap into the power and the motivation and the drive created by being in a relationship with the opposite gender, because that will give you the winning edge in terms of conquering all the big challenges in life on the way to success and prosperity. Hands-on experiences, guys. Hands-on experiences. Let's do it. Listen. Man. Although sometimes they'll tell you the hands off, but that happens sometimes. <laughs> but don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, good point. Um, listen, Dan. This was awesome. It's always a pleasure chatting with you and uh, you know brainstorming. Uh, love it. The pleasure is mine, buddy. Oh, thank you, and um, thank you for you guys for tuning in. As always, love to hear your feedbacks. And until a later episode, have a good evening.